You're listening to Heritage Radio Network. HRN is food radio supported by you. Learn more at heritageradionetwork.org. Today's program is brought to you by Corin, a supplier of Japanese chef knives and restaurant supplies. For more information, visit corin.com. Welcome to Japan Eats. I'm your host, Akiko Tema, a food writer and the director of the New York Japanese Culinary Academy, which promotes a deep understanding of Japanese cuisine in America. We are broadcasting live from Brooklyn, New York. This show is all about Japanese food and food culture. We see sushi at every day in the supermarket, but what is beyond sushi? We hear dashi, ramen, izakaya, but what exactly are they? Japanese food is still a mystery for many people, and I try to demystify it in this program with my cool guests. My guest today is Daiki Tanaka, who is the founder of D Matcha. D Matcha is a highly unique tea company located in the rural town of Wazuka in Kyoto. Wazuka has been known as a premium tea production uh, area for the last 800 years. Yes, 800 years. And the landscape of Wazuka is stunningly beautiful, but the town has been suffering from serious depopulation. However, Wazuka started to see a bright future since Daiki moved there and began his various ambitious project to revive the community. So today we'll discuss why Daiki um, decided to move to a rural town with his family after a successful corporate career, his creative strategies to revitalize Wazuka's tea industry, challenges he had to conquer as a newcomer to Wazuka's close-knit community, how he built a powerful young and global team to execute D-Matcha's various activities, and Daiki's ultimate goal beyond reviving Wazuka and much, much more. But before you start, Japan is available on Heritage Radio Network, as well as iTunes, Stitcher, and Spotify as a podcast. So please go to iTunes, Stitcher, or Spotify, whichever you listen to, and subscribe to Japan Eats. And please write a review. We really appreciate your feedback. Now, let's start a conversation with Daiki Tanaka. Hello, Daiki. Welcome to the show. Hi. Uh, thank you for welcoming me. Thank yeah. you for this opportunity. So, uh, yeah, I found your exciting uh, YouTube video and capturing what you're doing, and I was so excited. So I'm pleased to have you on the, on the show, and I'm sorry it's uh, 4 o'clock in the morning in Japan, so thank you. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> right. I, woke, I woke up early in general, so totally fine. <laughs> right. Well, you're in a farming business, but I, I respect <laughs> your discipline. Right. So the first of all, to get to know you, where are you from, and what did you eat when you grew up? Yep, I'm originally from Tokyo, and actually I went to the high school in Shinjuku, so actually really central of Tokyo. Oh my god, a city um, boy. <laughs> <laughs> yes, in the past, yes. <laughs> and um, what I liked is very um, healthy and Japanese traditional food. It's um, like a vegetable base and a soybean base. Um, that's a Japanese food I really liked hmm. when I was Interesting. child and now. Yeah, but I uh, grew up in Shinjuku and surrounded by any convenience stores or very high-end shops. Uh, your parents must have done something really good for you. <laughs> yeah, of course, I ate a lot of ramen and a lot of, you know, convenience stores food, but um, I, I liked really Japanese traditional food. <laughs> mm, right. And then, uh, interestingly, uh, so for your bachelor's degree, uh, you studied food and environment mm. environmental economics. Uh, and the environmental economics at Kyoto University. 
uh, which is one of the most prestigious academic institutions in Japan. So why did you study food and the environmental economics? Um, that's a really related what my um, life and career. I'm, my, I had some um, accident for my, my the mother, so i really interested in, in health after that. A, at first, I tried to become doctors. I respect doctors, but I, I, don't, I didn't like to see a blood. So, but um, I really would like to do something related with health. But food is very related with health, and I really interested in and but um at the time when I went to the high school, I really surprised to see that we Japan imports over sixty percent of food we imported. So I really surprised. So I didn't want to know the background behind the numbers or behind the status. So that's why I decided to uh, study agriculture. And then I visited a lot of university and I decided I love the Kyoto University. That's why mm. I chose the. Right. Well, interesting, right? The accident um, kind of became a springboard for your bright future. And uh, yeah, it's funny, you didn't like uh, the red in blood and you see all the greens in tea. So that's the opposite <laughs> colors. Right. Um, okay. And then before you moved to the town of Wazuka in Kyoto, which is going to dig into in a moment, and you started uh, your new business, uh, you had a very different career. So could you tell us about that? Uh, yes. Uh, while I was in the university, uh, already I did like to start my business um, because my grandpa had his business and my father has his own business. So I starting business is very uh, close for me, but I did not have any ideas about agriculture. So at first, I want to strengthen my skill set. So I decided to work for a consulting firm a, which is booze now becomes PwC, and I moved to Tokyo again, and then worked for like a three years. But at the time, I didn't want to, you know, close to the food career. So by chance, I had the opportunity to become the CEO to revive the donut chain, uh, and uh, and hired by investment fund. I did the job for uh, three years, and then that experience was uh, really precious for me. But at the same time, I really love the donuts. But um, a, <laughs> um, I worked for the factory, so every day I need to eat so many donuts, at least three, <laughs> day, three donuts a day. So I like the products, but I, I really want to do more um, healthy stuff. So, and also, um, you know, uh, it's like something which... A, it's better to produce in Japan. I want to relate it with. So like uh, the tea made up mine because we had over like 800 years history and it's very good for health and related with our culture. And then, uh, yeah, decided to do tea. Mm, right. And I noticed that you also studied um, a business and got an MBA from Babson College. Yes, yes, yes. Right. So probably yeah, exactly. you, that kind of inspired your Japanese mindset, perhaps. Yeah, actually, um, I really interested in tea, but at the same time, I really don't want to do the business only in Japan. So I want to do more like international businesses. So that's why, but um, I relatively <laughs> good at a 
is speaking English compared with Alert, but um, want to have more diversified experience. So that's why I decided to study abroad. Right. And uh, I, I can tell uh, the way you communicate, that's kind of very clear and uh, everybody can understand regardless of your Japanese or not. And which I think is one of the key elements uh, that make your current business successful. So, um, yeah, thank yeah. you. And so after your strong corporate career, you decided to get into a completely different industry, which is a farming, Japanese tea, in a depopulated town. So why did you do that? Um, there are several reasons. But one thing is um, experience in the U.S. made me a lot of hint. I mean, the good, uh, the chance. I mean, I really like the U.S., like a diversified culture and also really a lot of new entrepreneurs. It's so excited. But at the same time, by living in the U.S., I could also see Japan as ob objectively. So everyone really likes Japanese food. Everyone really likes the Japanese countryside. So I also really liked that one. Mm. Before I moved to Japan, I did not realize so much. So I, and, but at the same time, we Japanese are facing the aging, so aging society. So if we don't do anything, maybe several such unique cultures will disappear for, I don't know, 10 years or 20 years. So I really want to, you know, um, make it continuous, those some, some rich culture and the food industry. Mm, right. So could you tell us what kind of place Wazuka is? Uh, Wazuka is a very small town. Like now we have a 3,500 people. When I moved here in 2016, uh, it was 4,200. So like every year, like 100 people are decreasing. But um, good thing is almost a half are related with tea farming. So there are uh, over 260 uh, tea farm families there's not big companies. Every tea farm family is like competing each other in terms of the quality. And um, it's uh, still in a uh, Kyoto prefecture. And this, once you uh, enter the Wazuka, you see, you will be surprised. So many tea fields, it's a mountain. So very like, it's like a tea terrace. So it's very um, beautiful. And also Wazuka is selected by government as a one of the most beautiful villages in Japan. Mm, right. Yeah, I hope our listeners can uh, see Wazuka, W-A-Z-U-K-A. It's stunningly beautiful. And uh, it's just, uh, you have to see the color <laughs> and all the wavy um, plants, tea plants on the hills. So, okay. So, um, but why did you choose Wazuka for your new business? You could have chosen other producing ah, areas yes. or somewhere in Japan? Yeah, we, we visited a lot of places, but um, uh, one of the biggest reasons is like there are lots of unique farmers. Unique means um, that one farmer is really eager to sell by himself. One farmer is really uh, focusing on organic farming. One farmer is really focusing on quality. So like uh, lots of unique characteristics uh, that each farmer has. That's... Um, uh, you know, very attractive point for us. And the second reason is, which is very big, um, in case of tea, we farmers need to process, not just the harvesting. We, at the same day, we also need to process. Uh, once we visited other regions, the size of the factory is very huge. 
So if we make the good tea, we need to sell under the name of the factory. So in case of Wazuka, the size of the factory is very small. I mean, five or six farmers co-sharing the factory, so we can process as our tea. So if we make a good tea, we can sell under our name. So that, that's, the system is a bit different from other regions. So that is also very attractive point for us mm. and very close from Kyoto City. All right. Yeah, surprisingly close. It's like one hour or something. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. Right. Yeah, I think that it reminds me of somewhere like Burgundy, you know, the vineyards and mm. winery system. And yeah, it's important. It's kind of transparent system. You can trace to who's making it. And uh, mm. so that's a very um, good for branding as well as transparency. Yes. Right. Okay, and uh, like many other small towns in Japan, Wazuka is struggling with the issue of mm. depopulation, like you said, um, partly because the tea industry does not offer attractive job opportunities for younger generations any longer. Um, so, yeah. uh, and what's happening uh, in with the Japanese tea industry overall and why the industry is declining so quickly? Um that's really good question, and I also talk with with my hypothesis. What's happening is tea market overall is a stay almost the same, but especially high quality tea, like people uh, brew by a teapot or you know whisking matcha, those culture are decreasing. In case of Japan, what's happening is like a pet, pet bottle tea or a matcha sweets, or those in the, those category are increasing. So especially like the production side like Wazuka, uh, which served for a people with high quality have a struggle because um, once people use, for, use matcha or green tea for sweets or pet bottle, they don't need to use high quality. So root cause of this one is the blending and the system. Uh, as you mentioned, Burgundy is like a really successful model, I guess. Like every uh, wine is structured and there are lots of specific criteria to uh, for the highest wine, right? But in case of tea, it's very vague. So I really want to make such criteria or structure to let customers know the quality or the, the story behind that's by doing that, uh, this production site Wazuka, which has a lot of mountain and it's very difficult to enjoy the scale merit, can also the survive and, uh, by by branding or by making a criteria. Mm, I believe. Right. Yeah. Um, it's interesting. You mentioned that the pet bottles. If you go to um, supermarkets or uh, Japanese famous convenience stores, there's the lines of different uh, pet bottles tea, green tea. Yeah. So, and uh, when I grew up, my mom was always making, you know, there's a tea leaves ready. And then every day she makes it and a couple of times a day she changes. And it was a part of my life. Like leaf tea is tea and not in, yeah. in the bottle, <laughs> the plastic bottles. So yeah, I, I see that the background and the for mass produced tea, you don't have to have that wazuka quality, right? Mm. So yeah. Right. And uh, so just to, I, I got the data, actually. I'm cheating because um, I learned about your, you know, I said earlier, valuable activities through the video produced by Greg Lam. 
Uh, mm. His YouTube channel is Life Where I Am From, and he's actually joining us later this year. But he's such an amazing cultural observer and a communicator yep. living in Japan. So I'm stealing his data from his video. So <laughs> Japanese green tea production has been declining rapidly from 49,000 tons in 2004 to 41,000 tons in 2019, which is 16% decrease in 15 years. This, this is very alarming. And also the price of tea has been cheaper from 2000 yen to in 2003 to 1200 yen in 2019. So there's no way for small and medium sized tea farmers like those in Wazuka can survive. So yeah, I see the serious issues that you, you're trying to um, deal with at Wazuka. But uh, on the other hand, uh, we have to stress Japanese tea consumption abroad has been solidly increasing, and it's not a small number. So um, there's something, uh, there's a big puzzle to solve, and it may be uh, not just solving it, but you know, someone like you, Daiki, uh, probably this overseas popularity of Japanese mm. tea could really be on reviving Japanese tea industry. Mm. Yeah, so... Mm. We'll see. I will yeah. ask what you're aiming for in the yeah, future. Yeah. yeah, actually, um, that's um, you know very good point. I mean, um, especially a lot of international people uh, really respect for the cultures. And but like uh, one more thing is that things they um, want to have is a, sometimes a bit different. Especially international customers really care for the organic things. That's um, which I really learned after I did a lot of tea tour for the guests. So at first, actually, we cultivated tea same as uh, others, I mean, other farmers. But uh, I explained uh, how, because um, the characteristics of wazuka tea is strong umami taste. Umami is a kind of bit savory and bit sweet um, made by a natural amino acid. To make that one, people... Uh, in general, use a lot of the organic fertilizer in the soil, and the tea trees absorb that nitrogen and they make the amino acid. But that's a, my logic behind. But um, um, to do that, sometimes a tea trees become very sweet, so like it attracts uh, insects. To prevent that, people tend to use the uh, a bit pesticide in the past. But um, um, I had a lot of um, offer of the organic, and then I also prefer the organic. So we did a lot of experiments uh, by uh, doing organic way. So more well, this uh, four years, uh, we um over seventy percent of our production is completely organic. But so those stuff uh, we need to adjust to the market, and we need to learn always for the mm. demand of the customer. Mm. Interesting, right? So organic uh, products tend to taste better or more straightforward pure uh, yeah that's a really good point yeah uh, more like a natural taste i mean it's like a more like a well-balanced i mean if you use like a bit um chemical stuff it's a more easy easier identified taste you can make i mean uh, but um it's uh, finally it's depending on the people's preference so i respect the preference but um organic way is more like the tea can enjoy the um atmosphere of the natures like a mountain it's um even like a same wazuka depending on the location 
the taste is a bit different. Organic way is more like a reflect such small details. That's really interesting part. Yeah. Right. Right. Also, the mineral contents of the soil to everything changes. That's yeah. the beauty of tasting high quality. Yes. Right. Yes. Okay. Uh, so we'll take a quick break here. And when we come back, we'll dive into Daiki's successful strategies and actions that have changed the direction of Wazuka. So please stay with us. Today's program is brought to you by Corin, a supplier of Japanese ship knives and restaurant supplies. Corin is proud of their Japanese culture and traditions, but they want you to know that their products are not just for Japanese restaurants. Their knives and tableware bring out the best qualities of food from every culture and fit into every restaurant, from French to Pan Asian to American, and that is why they are located in New York City, where people from every country in the world come to eat. Corin's Tribeca showroom is home to the most extensive collection of Japanese chef knives in the world, including Japan. Stop by to view their exquisitely designed tableware and the wireless natural sharpening stones. They have a whole range of knife services, from repair and rust removal to reshaping and realigning. Corin is dedicated to this ideal, bringing the highest quality Japanese design to your table so you can experience the unparalleled quality of Japanese craftsmanship in your home or restaurant. For more information, visit coin.com. Welcome back. You're listening to Japan Eats on Heritage Radio Network, or HRN. I'm your host, Kikotayama, and my guest today is Daiki Tanaka, who is the founder of D Matcha, located in rural premium tea production area called Wazuka in Kyoto. And Daiki has been passionately and successfully working on reviving the declining community of Wazuka. So, and so you didn't have a farming experience beyond your college education, I think based yep. on books. So, but <laughs> <laughs> you bravely got into tea farming. So, how did you learn how to produce tea? Um, actually, like before, uh, at first we worked for big farmers as apprentice, but that's a key process. Uh, actually, be, uh, and also I made a, a team with my younger brother and his friend. Now he became also the co-founders. And when I studied in the US in 2015, they started the apprentice process in Wazuka. That's a uh, really help for the start. And then that's one thing. And second thing is, uh, I mean, just not learning. Also do by ourselves is also a good way for the learning. For example, uh, as I said about organic farming, everyone says, hey, it's it's impossible to make a tasty tea with organic way. Everyone says that. But if tried and error, there are some new way we can find. So it always takes time, but doing by ourselves is also a good way to run. But with some advice, but sometimes we need to think by ourselves mm, to try. And trials and errors, and errors, and trials. And yes. <laughs> right. yes. Okay. Um, yeah, so what was the biggest challenge or biggest challenges when you started your tea business in Wazuka? Um, yep, networking with uh, locals. Uh, the, especially tea industry is very high entry barrier compared with other uh, production, I mean, uh, agriculture product, products. Uh, one thing is, if you start from the scratch, uh, you need to five years to get the harvest. I mean, it's tea tree, 
So if you plant the seed or tea shoots, you need to wait for five years. So to start that one, you need to succeed mature tea tree from others. So to do that, you need to get the trust from the local people. So even for us, first year, second year, we could not get any tea field. So everyone watching and then once all oh, those guys are trustful, they offer to the leasing. So that's a one thing. And the second thing is, uh, as I said, tea needs to be processed. So also you need to be in the members, I mean, have a good relationship with other farmers. So otherwise, just fresh leaves has no meaning. So those two, making the good connection and good uh, relationship with other workers and then uh, tea farmers is a bit difficult part, actually. Mm, so in other words, you really had to be a part of the community, which will probably take a long time if that happens, right? So, yeah. Yeah, but how how did you conquer it? Well... <laughs> uh, my simple, my working hard and then being very um, a harm and then uh, communicate with um, everyone, everyone really watched. <laughs> so good thing is our uh, company and store uh, locates in center of Bazooka. So like everyone see and then, you know, especially first year and the second year was very busy. So even at midnight, we worked. So everyone say, oh, you guys work so midnight, you work so hard. Like that's really <laughs> uh, helps to get some trust. And also even for the field, uh, we did a lot of effort. And then after the harvest, I we, we bring the tea for the owners. Owners, mostly elder farmers. So those cases, once they drink the tea, oh, they, they, these guys are doing really well. But after that, you know, we got so many offers to get a new field. So everyone really wants to let someone they can trust to manage their tea field. So, but they never want to, uh, that, uh, you know, pass to just strangers. So but that thing is helped us. Mm. That thing means, you know, letting them see how we are going. Right. And basically, you really didn't have to try to show because you're really working hard as far as <laughs> yeah, yeah, naturally. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, but there is a, you know, they wanted to have someone to succeed, but they couldn't find anybody. And you kind of mm. created a model probably for other areas of tea making um, mm. who or the younger people can do it. And uh, you mm. presented kind of model. Yeah. Right. I yeah. don't think you... Uh, you are the only young person who wants to have something valuable to succeed mm -hmm. for the next generation. So, yeah, the, the, in that sense, I think what you're doing is even more valuable than just reviving Wazuka. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. So, um, so you founded D Matcha, which is spelled as D column. And matcha, M A T C H A, mm -hmm. in mm -hmm. 2016. So, what is D Matcha's mission? Um, D comes from the three, my design and the delicious and diligent and other working hard. But um, the, we have a two ultimate goal. Uh, one is a the making tea industry like my wine industry in Burgundy. So as I mentioned, we really want to make the the criteria of the tea. It's a tea, even like a tea is the same word, but depending on the way of the producing, the location, the taste and the quality was so different. Even for me, 
when I visited Wazuka first time and then I, you know, I got the tea from the farmers, I really surprised, oh, it's so tasty. I, ne I never tried this such one. So I really, by making the criteria, like, a, for example, like a Romane Conti, everyone knows this is a, you know, very um, high grade and a very tasty wine. So we want to make that one. That is a, one of the key to make this region uh, be a sustainable the place that one thing second thing is uh, the making one of the model a uh, you know to confront with the uh, aging society that one i did not expect it so much when i started uh, the tea businesses but after we moved here it's very related with um, our business uh year by year the empty house is increasing and abundant tea fields are increasing so the solving the issue is also very related with creating this sustainable business in this industry. So, and then I, maybe it's difficult to solve on the, that big issues by only us, but at least we can be a model and a good example by, you know, trying and errors a lot, making a lot of challenge. But that is, um, well, for me, it's fun. So by doing that, I really want to contribute to this country and also maybe other countries also facing to the uh, aging society in the future. If we can be a bit some example, I really appreciate it and I really feel happy. <laughs> mm, right. Yeah. And uh, you mentioned earlier about how serious the tea population is in Wazuka. And uh, I heard uh, the average age of tea producers in Wazuka is over 65. So <laughs> you're carrying yeah. a lot of uh, birds on your, on your shoulders, mm. but it, it mm. seems working. So, yeah. So speaking about what is your strategy to achieve the mission that Jesus mentioned? Because it has to be different from uh, Wazuka's traditional farmer's strategy mm. that did not work in the past already. So, mm. uh, One thing, Ma, there are several things. One thing is um, to making a very Ma, interesting and appealing things in Wazuka. So what that, what that means is, Ma, one is like a tea tour, like um, the, the inviting people in the tea field and the touch and enjoying the different cultivar, different vintage or dosam, you know, as an experience, it's very beautiful a uh, town and uh, we are very passionate about it. So uh, making such a kind of connection with the people. And second thing is uh, even not just a tour, we also accepting a lot of um, uh, interns who really want to learn about the tea. So they can be a kind of my uh, navigator and introducers, like a wine sommelier in in the wine industry, they can be um, ambassador for each country and each region to tell the story or or, uh, or a quality about it. That's also interesting, and also the, a lot of collaboration. Every year we are accepting a students, and also now we are working with a high tech companies in Kyoto to get a lot of data from the nat uh, from the um, natural environment. So, and by not only just bring like a traditional way, but also uh, introducing a new technology, we want to make something happen in this uh, industry. So that's by doing that, people want to see uh, every time they visit us, they can see the difference. Those thing is I, it's very important to be interested in 
the T. Like it, um, if just we say, hey, let's use a teapot, it's it's not so practical, I, I think. Like making a lot of um, interest, the people want to visit, the people to be interested by by doing that, people get into the deep world of tea. <laughs> At first, they enjoy a tea chocolate. That's totally fine. But finally, you know, some of them really like to brew the tea naturally. So those kind of the um, steps or um, a experience uh, we we must we we have to offer. That's uh, one thing uh, mm. we need to do. Right. Yeah. So I think what you are doing to as an overview, I think you're trying to get many other people, other parties mm. from different fields involved and participate and actually yeah. feel and taste yes. and get excited yes. about what you're doing, yes. which seems working. <laughs> and uh, but the next question I think is you have so many uh, other activities than you know tours and other mm. you know things like uh, of course tea farming. You have a cafe, mm. uh, pop ups. Yep in big cities and tea sweets production and rice yes. farming even. So can you just uh, tell us which, wherever you want, all of them <laughs> you can talk about. Mm, so yes, um, everything uh, we are uh, passionate, but um, uh, it's like a, a different law uh, they have. Like, um, a, for example, like a young generation in Japan, a, they don't have the... Um, Lots of um, behavior to use a teapot, but they really, they really love the taste of tea, especially matcha, and then they love matcha sweets. So, like a, you know, to navigate the tea world, I mean, just like a pushing hey teapot, it's not a good way. So, uh, by once we make the tea sweets, we use very simple ingredients and using really high quality tea, like for tea ceremonial those stuff and adding a lot of tea, and then they can enjoy the taste of um, matcha. By doing that, they're surprised, oh, oh, the matcha is so tasty, and then they can interested in. So like we, um, of course, we have to know the authenticity, authenticity and also the culture, but at the same time, we also humble to the needs of the um, uh, each customer. So pop-up and then tea sweets, those types are kind of the entrance to uh, welcome the new people to enter that a, a deep world of tea. But tea tour and also what we offer in the cafe is they they already interested in tea. That's why they visited Wazuka. And then we need to uh, focus on 100% to uh, satisfy with them and then make um, a lot of supporter for the region and tea. That is also the making supporter is a quite important to make sustainable tea industry also uh, making this region be more sustainable. Mm, right. So um, I was thinking, because you said you never tasted that good tea until you you visited that was again. Mm. So, and, you know, there's so many, like if you go to Japanese department stores, basement, it's mm. amazing gift, um, mm. suitable, high quality tea or very, yep. very expensive ones. But if you don't know how to make it properly, the temperature and the time of brew it, it changes the whole thing. And if you have a cafe and you offer it mm. properly, you feel yes. like, well, matcha is very easy to understand, but mm. really umami rich, that umami brings out the sweetness that like you mentioned earlier. And it's mm. just a very, very addictive 
beverage mm. as much as coffee, at least. So, yes. yeah, so I think you're creating a lot of uh, platform kind of opportunities for everybody mm. who may be uh, becoming a part of this whole you're doing. And yeah, it's mm. kind of like, um, I don't know, I don't want to say festival, but you create the energy of everybody join in, have fun. And then just do it next year, that kind of energy I really felt through the videos. So, yeah, I hope uh, all those activities are going to be, you know, even bigger and in many different locations. So, But mm -hmm. when you do pop-ups, do you do it in Tokyo? Um, yes, uh, sometimes Tokyo. And actually from uh, tomorrow, uh, we will do Osaka. So, yeah, uh, especially like um, except the tea farming season, uh, once we have... Uh, sometime we are doing a pop-up too. That is also my kind of introduction to my, our product and, and and also the wazuka to a, uh, people in the city. Mm, right. So basically at pop-ups, you sell tea and uh, sweets and explain how it's made, all those history background. Is that what you offer at your pop-ups? Uh, yes, but depending on the location, but mostly uh, sweets they like, but uh, of course we we bring tea too. Mm. I mean, it's a I mean the place is like sometimes like we just uh, offer have a store in the sweets floor. Those cases our main product becomes sweets, but um, yeah, well, basically both. Right, I I think it's a very smart strategy. Like you know, California walls became the entrance for many Americans, mm. and now everybody oh, yeah, yeah. is really looking for high end. Uh, super expensive, uh, authentic sushi. A lot of places in yes. New York. So, yeah, that I think that's a really right. Yeah, thank strategy. you for yeah, good example. And also for me, uh, also the Starbucks is the same thing. Like, um, and I also like coffee. And now, like, there are lots of you know choices of specialty coffee. But the entrance was the Starbucks latte or frappuccino, those stuff. So that's also very important to you know as a starter. For the new, new customers. Right. Another thing I thought really smart about what you're doing is that uh, you distribute your tea directly to consumers without involving any wholesalers or mm. retailers. And uh, is it relatively easy to do so in the Japanese traditional distribution system? Um, that's a good question. I don't know about that. Just the fact is, over 95% of tea farmers in Wazuka, they sell the tea to the wholesaler. Very few people are selling the tea directly to the consumers. But like what I learned from my university, if I visited a lots of farmers, I the biggest learning is if I start the farming, I need to sell directly to the consumers. That's a key. And um, that the logic behind is when I visited um, a vegetable farmers in Kyoto, they have a brand. So like uh, they are doing really well. But when I visited other farmers in other region and milk farmer, they always need to sell to the wholesaler and the price are decreasing. So what they can do is only cut the cost, like uh, making uh, uh, the feed of the, and also working for 365 uh, days a year or so like, uh, oh, if I started, uh, you know, the farming, I need to have our strong channel. And then because of the SNS and the internet helps us to do that easily. But like, uh, as you explained, like a Greg Sun or those um, strong influ 
uh, creators uh, for SNS also helps to tell the story to the consumers. Mm, right. So branding is now easy as far as the quality follows it. So in your case, that should work. Um, okay. And then uh, you, you have a very, very strong team of people uh, who are equally passionate as you are about Dimacha's business. So how did you find them and how do you keep motivating each other? Um, but most, but several are like co-founders and then several like well, a former customer and also we have a lots of uh, interns and then once they like the business end, and then the once we think they fit us, we made the offer. So like, um, it's like a very unique place. My business is itself is unique and also living in countryside is very unique. So need to uh, let them experience uh, how they like or not so but in the first year or second year i had so many mistakes I know. <laughs> like just like one day people think oh it's very beautiful place and very attractive place but once they stay like a two weeks or three weeks out oh, some people feel that it's very boring and really like um because our countryside the community is very close so they want you know a suitable to live in the city side so like those like to seeing the fit is very important and second thing is to motivate is, uh, but uh, that's also for me too, but trying new things always. Yeah, every people uh, has get bored, but to be motivated is like to trying new things, especially what we try is like to solve the social uh, issues. So a lot of tough, you know, a, a problems is, is coming to us. So that's very a, uh, exciting things to tackle with. So, but... <laughs> <laughs> easy to say, but not too easy to solve. Right. Yeah, well, for example, like a deer issues, like because of the depopulation, but the number of deer is increasing so much. So, like they are always attacking our crops, like a user tree, those things. So, oh, like uh, next we need to think about to solve those issues. So, <laughs> they brought us a lot of new. Uh, problems to solve. Right. So that would be yeah. You never exciting. get bored, so <laughs> which is good. <laughs> yeah. Right. But uh, I really found interesting. You have interns from abroad. So if our listeners wants to join you, uh, would it be possible? And if so, how can they join you? Uh yes, we uh welcome the um uh, interns. So but like uh, we are small groups, and then so like um we uh, have a. Uh, interview sometimes, and we have we we see the motivation of the back uh, of the, the people. But but please feel free to contact us by email, and depending on our capacity and depending on our uh, schedule, we uh, welcome the interns. Mm -hmm. Now we at this point today we have um, interns from uh, from Israel. Uh, she, she's working with us now, and. Till two weeks, three weeks ago, my two interns from the US. So I like that. Mm, right. So I'm sure they have no choice. They have to experience a lot of things because it's a, you know, you don't have too many people. Like you said, you have to experience mm. a lot of stuff once you get there. So sounds exciting. Mm. Um, okay. And then, um, well, it seems that, as I mentioned earlier, your goal is not just reviving the town of Bazuka but something bigger, I sense it. So what is your ultimate goal? Mm, that's a 
difficult question, <laughs> but like, um, but um, ma, we want to make an um, uh, example to confront with the uh, aging society. That um, includes so many issues like a reviving industry or a may like more like a respecting for the culture and the good for environment. Every like a issues which related with these days are also uh, behind the issues issues. So it's very um, tough problems, but but challenging. So. A, but to do that, not only Japanese can solve the issues, I believe. So to, to confront with that one, we introduce new technology and international people, but like also respect for uh, the tradition and the culture. So we need to make really good balance to be uh, sustainable. So um, that's us. So if like uh, 10 years, 20 years later, uh, some people uh, come to Wazuka and they want to start a new businesses related with tea or related with others. If we make those uh, atmosphere, I think it would be successful. Mm, right. Um, I heard about other young people uh, who successfully, not the tea business, but, you know, revived the community of tea populated places. Mm. Um, I think they're consulting around the country to help mm. others to be able to tackle this really mm. um, solidly uh, closing mm. up problems. Of course, it's the Japan, Japan is the most fast aging society. So yeah, I think what you're doing, again, it's very important and um, it's very inspiring. So yeah, good luck. And uh, so what are your plans and dreams? Do you have any long-term, short-term, um, like concrete plans? In short terms, actually now like we are making um, the new uh, facility and we are now we are in the very center of Wazuka, but our tea, our main production site is northern part of Wazuka. So now it's which is more aging society actually. Mm. <laughs> so like we are even like people living in Wazuka, they said that region is Yubune or Yubune is a bit different from Wazuka, they said. So but like our main tea production is there. So we are now making a new building and, and also renovating like a old Japanese style uh, houses to be um, vacation rentals so that we will move in this December. So that is a one my big things. And then not only just like cafe, we also do some hotels by using the um, existing building, by renovating the existing building. So those are also my short term new challenge. But ultimately, um, as, as you mentioned, we are, make, we are becoming uh, increased. I mean, we are growing, but um, this is a community thing. So not only us, not me not be successful so of course we need to try at first <laughs> but, but we want to share those and uh, the knowledge for other farmers of course and once newcomers come here we're really happy to support them so by doing that we can make a stronger community and a stronger region so only not only us can be successful that's a very important part of 
this kind of um, community things. But business is a key to be sustainable. But our business is not only for the profit. Profit is kind of um, the must things to be continued, but it's not the purpose. But the, you know, making such community and a stronger region is a kind of purpose. So that's a way of the thinking. Actually, also, I'm, I'm learning. I was not the person like this, but I can, by doing the things here, I also learning that way. Mm, I, I really admire your, you know, really strong positive energy and actual actions you take. And you, you're creating um, a bigger community, even the culture of something to create and uh, solve different difficult problems. So, yeah, so thank you for your inspiration. And uh, so where can we find your updates online and on some social media? Yes, um, the good thing is uh, our international website, dmatcha.com. Uh, we put a lot of information on that one. And also Instagram, we uh, have international dmatcha, also local dmatcha Kyoto Instagram both. And also YouTube, we need to upload more, <laughs> but um, uh, we try to put like the lessons, how to brew the tea, how to make the tasty matcha. We try to you know, upload those ones. So if you check those uh, sources, we're really happy. And also, as Akko-san said, the Greg-san's uh, life where I'm from, his movies really uh, tell our story. That's really good uh, start to understand Wazuka and what we are doing now here. Mm, right. I'll definitely put uh, the link on the show notes because it's a very inspiring video. <laughs> right. And uh, so, again, the website is dmatcha. That's one word, D-M-A-T-C-H-A.com. And uh, yes. they're all links to social media. And also, yes. you can buy uh, products and even like a tea tasting uh, tea club. So yes. all over the world, right? I see different currencies so you can buy from everywhere. On Earth. Yes. Right. Great. All right. So, yeah. Especially US is very easy to ship. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. Amazing. So maybe I'll be the customer after the show. <laughs> um, all right. So uh, good luck and thank you so much for joining us today, Taiki, and uh, keep me posted. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much for offering this um, valuable time. All right. Maybe I'll see you in Wazuka. Yeah. I'm happy to welcome you. Great. Thank you. So listeners, if you have any questions or comments about the show or suggestions for show topics or guests, please contact us at japanese at theheritagefeelernetwork.org or kikokatayama.com. Japanese is a weekly program and always available at theheritagefeelernetwork.org as well as on iTunes, Stitcher, and Spotify as a podcast. Engineer is Amin Spenchan, and thank you for listening. I will see you next week. Needs is powered by Simplecast. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. Keep in touch at heritageradionetwork.org slash subscribe.